Hi everybody, welcome to Bradley's Chat. Today we're going to talk, I'm going to talk a little bit about a couple of games I had last night. I actually took a Stark list. I seem to do that a lot like in the in the tournament so far. I've only used Lannisters. We've had one tournament, you know, the game's new. I've taken Lannisters and I seem to do a lot better with Lannisters than any other army. And in a previous friendly game I took, so the friendly games I've had since the tournament, I've taken either Night's Watch or Starks, and I've lost every single one of them. Um, I click with the Lannisters, the other ones are just tough for me, but it's fun to play against uh, Lannister lists, because I get to see some things other people do to great effect. I get to check out their lists, I get to listen to the ideas behind their lists, and, and see how they work on the tabletop, and then I try to reconstruct the games a couple days later when I have a chance to you know, uh, let it all sink in and look at it clearly. And uh, then I go through and say, yeah, you know, that that unit attachment combo worked really well. Or that unit deployed in such a way was really good. Or I really like the way this person put the terrain down. But anyway, that's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. At least at first. And I don't know what we're going to talk about later, but uh, I'm sure we'll think of something. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll talk a little bit about... Um, you know, deploying terrain, um, first player, second player, that kind of stuff later on. But anyway, sit back, relax, enjoy the show, and I'll be right back. Okay, so last night's list, I took a Stark list, as I mentioned earlier. I took a unit of Outriders. I took a unit of Sworn Swords with a Sworn Sword Captain. I took... Uh, great axes with the attachment of Brendan Tully. I took Umbar, just House Umbar Berserkers with a sword sworn a, a a sworn sword captain, and I took a unit of archers with a uh, with a warden. Helen Reed was my commander, and I had Sansa as my other NCU. So, you know, archers, outriders, sworn swords, berserkers, great axes, um, Sansa and Helen Reed. That's what I took. And and I was kinda thinking, you know, I liked how the how the, you know, sworn sword captain makes the sworn swords, you know, when they use the the dire wolf thing, I like how they hit, you know, eight attacks, hit on threes. I like that and I like the fact they can get critical blow. Um, I didn't take any wolves, so I usually never take any wolves, but I might start taking wolves after the last game. I might have finally found a, a good use for them. So my opponent's list was a Lannister list. He had three NCUs. His army was led by, um, the Sparrow, and then he had Pycelle, and he had Cersei. He also had a, um, the Mountain That Rides, a unit of Knights of Castle Rock, Pyromancers with a guard captain, crossbowmen with a guard captain, and also a unit of guardsmen with a with a uh, captain. So, eight activations. I I was surprised he fit all that into forty points, but it works. Trust me. And we were both playing for the first time the new scenario, a dance with dragons. And if you're not familiar with that scenario, that scenario is, you know, you uh, got three objectives in the center. Two of them are exactly short range from a table edge in the middle, and one's directly in the middle of the board. 
And uh, so we played it, you know, if I'm looking at the board, we went objectives A, B, and C from my left to right. And you can, I suggest you look it up and read the scenario. It's, it's pretty fun. Um, so it's all about, you know, when you claim an objective, you pick it up and it reduces your movement to two and you can't march. Um, one objective is, you know, you can take away the abilities from one of the NCUs. And the other, the objective in the center pretty much gives you uh, advantages in melee with the D3 wounds. It's not exactly like Stark Fury, but it's similar. Um, and then the other one, you uh, can make an opponent, I think it's weakened and vulnerable. Check it, I'm not sure. But that's how it goes. Um, terrain laid out. Um, we had, uh, he placed a corpse pile near, um, I guess it would be in my, between the center objective and the objective to my right, a little bit on my side of the board. Of course, I put one, you know, opposite to his, you know, kind of like, so I put one between, you know, the objectives on his right as well. And the center objective on, you know, if he's looking at the table on his right, put a, you know, symmetrical, so the same thing. Then uh, he put a uh, weirwood tree, you know, short range away from the corpse pile I placed, as well as, you know, had to be short range away from the center objective. So he had a kind of a a weirwood tree sitting there. So I put down a uh, palisade on his other flank, kind of like just outside, you know, his deployment zone, long, you know, kind of at an angle to hopefully mess up his deployment. So then he did the same thing to me. Um, and what else do we have? This We had another corpse pile and we had a hedge. I placed down a hedge and he put another corpse pile down. I, I had thought that you're only supposed to each be able to place one corpse pile during deployment, but I probably got that wrong. So anyway, we ended up with another corpse pile, and the corpse pile he placed was kind of outside my deployment zone on my left flank. So left to right, my army was laid out like this. I had, and it was a mistake. I set up my outriders um, kind of like on my left flank I had my outriders, which they were too close to the corpse pile. I shouldn't have messed with that. And then next to my outriders I had a unit of Berserkers, then I had my archers, and then I had um, great axes and then sworn swords. So facing me, uh, opposite of my outriders, going from my right to left, against you know facing against me, he had the mountain that rides, Knights of Castle Rock, unit of pyromancer with the guard captain, crossbowman with the guard captain, and then on his other flank he had the uh, across from my sworn swords he had the uh, guardsman with the guard captain. So, um, I forget, I believe he was the first player, because we were all, it was really crowded at the game store, we didn't feel like moving, and I wanted to stay where I was anyway, which, in hindsight, you know, since there was two corpse piles on my side of the table versus one on his, I, I probably, you know, if it was a tournament, I probably would have, you know, switched sides. Um, this guy is undefeated. In, in our little group and he's known for being awesome and he is awesome and I really liked his list I like the way he played it I hate playing against three NCUs I really hate it because I don't like to personally take three NCUs it's a really stupid reason really but it's it's the fact that if both players have have three NCUs then you know every other turn I'm not going to get to use one of mine you know and I really I really hate taking something in the army that I'm not going to be able to use um 
But anyway, it's silly. It's just a little thing I have in my head. And I should probably, you know, stop thinking that way. Um, so anyway, the game starts. Um, he hits, puts Cersei on the crown, hits me for a negative three um, panic test on my Outriders. And they're also by the corpse pile, so it's negative four. You know, I roll, I roll really bad. I roll really bad, so, um, which, it's hard to roll really good when you're negative four. But I roll bad and I took five wounds on them. Um, you know, instead of healing them, which I should have done, I, uh, I chose to, um, advance my bowman up so I could threaten, you know, anybody that gets on the center objective or anybody that, or, you know, the, the cavalry when they start coming up far enough away, they can't charge me, but I just move those guys up. So, um, you know, the lines are moving. He's playing pretty cautious. He's not really advancing full bore. We're coming together. I'm, I'm advancing my um, Berserker so that if he moves his Knights within charge range of me, hopefully you know, I'll, I'll pull that Swift Advance card or something and I can, I can charge him first. Um, my Outriders, I, I move them up a little bit. Not a lot because they're down five wounds. and I'm kind of thinking, you know, my next turn I'm going to heal him. That's my goal. That's my thought process in the back of my head. You know, I advance the... Uh, I get pretty aggressive with my Sworn Swords. Cause I want to be able to charge the objective, you know, charges guardsman if he get on that, if he gets on that. Um, he keeps his uh, pyromancers and his crossbowmen outside a range of my archers, so even if I shift, I can't hit them. So round round two comes around. Um, I think again. Um, what did I do? Oh yeah. Foolish move, foolish move on my part. I started getting, I started thinking, you know, I want to make something happen on my left flank against those knights, and I'm thinking the umbers are the ones to do it. So instead of uh, healing up my outriders, foolishly, I um, I advance my berserkers, get them in a little bit better position with the free maneuver on the tactics board. To which he hits me again with a, he hits me again with the panic test. And he plays Texas card too, so lose the Outriders right there. So I lose the Outriders. I got my Berserkers kind of facing off against the Mountain That Rides and Knights of Castle Rock. Um, my Archers are, are there, you know, kind of covering them. My Great Axes are moving up to support the, uh, either to get a charge on the Crossbowman eventually or to support the, uh, you know, the Sworn Swords when I eventually go for the objective on my right side. Well, it doesn't pan out so good. Um, so he he advances up. He moves up his crossbowmen. Well, actually, yeah. The way I, the way I moved, I got super aggressive because once I lost the outriders, I'm like, all right, I'm going for the kill now. Bad idea, bad idea. So I pushed I pushed my great axes up too far. He hits him. He shifts and hits him with the crossbowmen. He hits, he makes seven hits with the crossbowman, and I fail every save. So, down seven great axes. That's just awesome. That's fantastic. So, my outriders are gone. I'm down seven on my uh, great axes. So, of course, you know, I heal the great axes. Anyway, long story short, you can see where this is going. Um, he gets his guardsmen on the objective. He um, holds the objective the rest of the game. Can't get him off with the, with the Sworn Swords. Um, 
The knights crush my bowmen with the pyromancers. Well, the knights actually crush my berserkers and, you know, the mountain that rides. Almost finished them, gets them down to one. I end up killing the mountain that rides with the berserkers before they, before they're dead by the, uh, before the knights finish them off. Um, the bowmen get hit by the pyromancers and he did that. I was hoping he would charge the great axes, honestly, um, so that my bowmen would get a pretty decent shot. But he charged the bowmen, got those guys uh, engaged so they couldn't support the berserkers that were fighting the knights at the time. Um, great axes charge, kill the pyromancers. Crossbowmen finish off the great axes. Um, so that was not nice. Um, knights turn the flank, you know, kill everybody. So it was tabled at like round five. So it wasn't a great, wasn't a great game. wasn't wasn't a great game for the Starks. wasn't a great game for me. I made several mistakes. You know, looking back, should never have deployed. You know, outriders near a corpse pile because even though I rolled extremely bad and um, he just played it correctly and and you know I took a risk. That's one risk I took. Shouldn't have done that. Um, the other risk, the other problem I had was. When when something went poorly for me, I didn't have the tactics cards. Like I, I never drew like um, Direwolf. I never drew. I I never seemed to like have the cards that I really needed, and I was kind of counting on, you know, that I took some charges that I that I failed um, just because I needed like a four or better to connect, and I didn't make it. So I didn't make a single one of those. So it was one of those games where and it, it was a good lesson for me, like. Don't assume you're going to pass a morale test. Don't assume that you're going to, you know, on a 50-50 shot, you're going to make that charge. Um, and I also pushed the game. I really pushed. I really got super aggressive and took a lot of risks and really stuck my neck out there um, when when the game, the momentum was kind of against me because I was hoping to you know, change it. And, and that, it just didn't go. It just went from bad to worse. So, um... That's a good thing about friendly games is, you know, you can laugh and have a good time and, and, and you can joke around with your opponent while you're getting slaughtered or, you know, if that unit doesn't make a charge. And that's good because, you know, all these things, all these little things that I screw up in in friendly games, I seem to concentrate better. I seem to have less tunnel vision. I seem to do a lot better in tournaments anyway. Um, well, at least so far, so far for this game. Um, so it was a lesson learned. I kind of left that game wanting to look at Starks a little bit more. We have several new players in the club. Like last night wasn't even our club night. I think we had eight guys playing last night. So eight guys just showed up on a Wednesday and we're playing A Song of Ice and Fire, which is really strange because we've had like ten players before on a Monday night, but I don't think we've ever had this many on a Wednesday night. And I usually don't go out on Wednesday nights, and a lot of people don't. Um, a couple of guys only play on Wednesday nights. but So we had like, I think, eight players there so it was really nice and and the majority of them were playing Lannisters so you know I used to love Lannisters because it was it was like a less played faction in our group but since you know Lannisters are starting to take the lead I might be switching over a little bit and Starks a little bit and and since I've lost so many times the Starks and I've yet to win with them I really 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 want to make it want to make them win so I don't know if I'm going to end up you know taking like a Ramsey Snow Stark list. I don't know if I'm going to. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know what I'm going to do. I've got some ideas. 
I just don't know which way I want to go with it. I don't know if I want to go with a Great John Umber Army and have like two Great Axes and two, you know, two Berserkers and an Outrider unit. I don't. I just don't know what I want to do with it yet. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm gonna think on it. Um, the next turn, anyway, I'm still playing Lannister, so I've almost got my army painted. So I wanna, I wanna take him out and play him because I really, I really like my Tywin list, and I, and I found that you know a lot of things that. That are not threats to me when I when I'm playing my Tywin list are, are huge threats, you know, when I'm playing the Starks. So I'm kinda used to playing the Lannisters, so Starks is, is really, really, really new and it's really hard for me so far. But you know, I'll get over it. I'll figure out a way. It'll be fun. And it and it's and it's a really fun game, win or lose anyway. So the second game I took the same Stark list against against another Lannister player. Um, first time I've played him, he's in our club, but it's the first time I've ever played him. And it was a fun game. Got tabled again, this time in, in, in four rounds. We were playing uh, Feast for Crows, um, Corpse Prowls everywhere. And he took uh, three units of Lannister Guardsmen and two units of Lannister Knights. And he had uh, Cersei, Varys, and I want to say he had the Sparrow as his commander. So again... Two games in a row, three NCUs. This one was an entirely all Lannister Supremacy Army. And if you've heard this podcast before, you know Lannister Supremacy can be really good. Well, it was really good again. I mean, I got slaughtered on those panic tests. And um, those guard captains, I mean, and I had to keep taking them because he had guard captains, so there's no way around it. Um, so anyway, in this game, you know, we had corpse piles everywhere. He kind of deployed... And from his center to the to his left flank, he had three units of Lannister Guardsmen in a row. Then he had two units of Knights on the end. Me, I had my um, Outriders. Then I had uh, Archers. Then I had um, Sworn Swords. And I had Berserkers and Great Axes. So I had those against the Knights. And I thought, you know, hey, this is going to be pretty good. Um, so basically, here's how the game went. I... We were advancing kind of towards each other. I had it set up that I was going to get a double charge on one of his units of knights before he got to hit me with uh, with berserkers and with sworn swords. But for some stupid reason, I instead of going around his flank with the outriders, I decided to you you know cut across in front of his guardsmen to hit the knights in the flank. I needed like a three to hit him in the flank, you know, for my first attack. And of course, you know, I rolled a one, so I didn't make it. I had to stop an inch, so my flank and ass are just sitting there in front of all these guardsmen, and I missed the knights. That was not pretty. Um, he hits me with knights, hits me with guardsmen. Um, it's getting ugly. I'm I'm trying to counter. He's playing Varus, you know, heavily for the for the middle three turns. So I get nothing nothing off as far as uh, NCU support. Um, and like I said, I was playing you know Helen Reed, and I was playing. Uh, stanza so it was just it was awful i couldn't do anything with those guys and um it just came to a grand match this game is full of me setting up myself for charges and then failing those charges and that's pretty much and then failing any panic test that was given to me you know failing it and and that's gonna happen so yesterday i mean the dice gods were like screw you brad you've had it but i can't blame the dice because i made mistakes you know, I should have, you know, in that game, I should have sent the Outriders behind his uh, guardsmen and kept some of them occupied. 
And then I would have then I would have been able to double charge his knights with berserkers and with sworn swords. I would have been able to um, counter his other knights that came up. Um, even getting in a hit in the flank by guardsmen is not that bad. Like my outriders did not take that many wounds when they actually got hit by the guardsmen. They just don't have that many attacks. But what killed me was the panic test forced Maven taking one wound. I mean, there was corpse piles everywhere. I think one of my units had like four victory points on it. Um, we did a bad job. We really did both did a bad job of forgetting to roll those morale tests and putting victory points on units that failed different types of morale tests. So, so I'm sure that I probably had some units that were probably worth five or six. You know what I mean? Um, that only had like one token on them. But Tim, my opponent, was class act. I mean, great kid. Um, we had a really fun time playing, and uh, that's the most important thing. You know, I got to get out and play two games. And I got to get my butt handed to me because I was starting to get a little cocky. And you know what? When you get a little cocky and you make stupid mistakes and you start assuming that everything's going to go your way, it doesn't. Because a lot of times after a couple wins, I'll feel like in this game, I'll get in the mindset, yeah, yeah I'm going to make that charge. Yeah, so what if I lose that unit? I'm still going to win in the end. And I kind of have that mentality that, yeah, we're going to win regardless of what happens. And And sometimes, a lot of times, it doesn't. I mean... You make the bed you sleep in. If you, you know, if you deploy outriders by corpse pile, that's being the game. That's a risk, and and that sucks because it's harder to wound unless you're like the Night's Watch or something. It's it's or you're running editor. It's kind of hard to heal your guys up. I mean, you can't always count on the money being there, and a lot of times there's more important things you need to be doing than you know healing up healing up guys. Now, granted, in that game there was nothing more important. There's nothing more. When I took five wounds, the outriders I should have healed them for three right away. I didn't do that because I figured I'd just do it later. So that was that was my main mistake. And the first mistake was deploying outriders by you know corpse file. Should not have done that. Just asking for it. The other thing was I shouldn't have um, I shouldn't have pushed my guys forward in both games. I shouldn't have been as, as aggressive. I should have like. You know, I was the second player in both games. So I should have pushed forward on, like, turn three and then get to do my charges in turn four. You know, I had no business, you know, pushing forward on turn two, knowing he was going to go first on turn three. And and I uh, tried to justify my actions by saying, hey, I'm going to put so many decisions in front of these guys that no matter what they do, I'm going to have a good decision still that I'll be able to make. Well, it didn't turn out that way at all. It didn't turn out that way at all. Um, you know, and, the, and and with Starks, like there was a couple times I could have played like, um, you know, the card where, you know, a unit gets destroyed and you get to remove an activation token. I forgot to play that card. You know, I'm not familiar with Starks at all. So um, those are things. I'll, I think I'll play the Stark cards a lot better the next time I play because I'll be thinking about it more. You know, when I play the Lannisters, it just comes natural. Like, I know what I have in my hand. I know what's going to play. I know what I'm going to play. Um, with the Starks, I'm kind of new to all the cards. So, it was just a... It was a new experience. So little things matter, you know, in these games. If you're... You know, if you're competitive and you're at a tournament setting... You know, I play for fun, most mostly. Um, at tournaments, I get competitive. Not in, a, not in an evil way, but I get... I tend to want to win, so I'll... I'll take more time... In between my activations, I'll 
I'll keep an eye on what's going on. There won't be as much, you know, friendly banner going on between players. There's always friendly banner, but there won't be as much friendly banner going on. So um, I will, I'll try not to distract myself from 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 the task at hand, and I tend to not miss things like that. Whereas in friendlies, I'm always forgetting tactics cards. I'm always forgetting. Um, but anyway, these are good things because it reinforces, you know, when you lose, you know, um, be aware of what cards you have when you can play them. Be aware of, you know, the the repercussions of, of each and every one of your moves. You know, sometimes um, I'll have an idea in my head. Well, I want these guys, these both are going to go for this objective. I want these guys to, you know, eventually double charge that enemy unit. I want this to happen. And I'll kind of move them up. Only concerned with, with what that how that will benefit me and sometimes I don't look at um, what possible options I've given the enemy by doing that um, it seems like six turns is so short I don't know why that I mean six rounds is such a short amount of time so I guess I tend to be overly aggressive in the beginning just because I feel like I'm gonna run out of time and and the funny thing is when I do that I end up losing like before the game even ends so uh, so that's how that usually works so I think I need more patience. I think I need uh, <coughs> to start setting up my uh, attacks better. You know, perfect example. Like say you're the second player. You know, so you're going to go first on turn four. It's turn three. You know, instead of charging, you know, with that cavalry unit, you know, move that cavalry so it gets on the flank of the enemy. So you can hit him extra hard, you know, in turn four, in round four. Um and those are the kind of things I'm, I'm really starting to work on. I'm concentrating on, I didn't do a good job last night, but, you know, generally speaking, what I'm trying to do is recognize, you know, whether I'm the first or second player and recognize um, what order of activations will benefit me the most and, you know, set myself up in position. Like, sometimes I still, I'll maneuver a unit up, you know, if I want to get a charge in, say it's, you know, turn three or it's round three and I'm the second player. Well, on round three, instead of like marching my unit up to get closer, you know, to maybe only failing the charge on a one, sometimes I maneuver, which means I fail on a four plus, and, and I don't know why I do that still to this day. I still do that. And those little things kill you. I mean, if you're playing against a guy who doesn't make any mistakes, who is concentrating, who is um, taking as few risks as possible, I mean, that's... The odds of winning the game are strongly tilted against you. So I'm trying to learn from my mistakes on that. Um, yeah, looking at those friendlies, that was a red-hot mess. And and the funny thing is, usually I am in friendlies. Rarely do I win a friendly game. Um, there was a point when I was like 50-50 and I was pretty, pretty strong. Um, now it's like, I would say, 80% loss in friendlies. For sure, 80% loss in friendlies. I am two and one at tournament, and I've played against some good people at tournaments, and and I beat some people in tournaments that have killed me in friendlies. Um, I just need to, you know, um, put my thinking cap on and concentrate a little bit more in the friendly games. Um, but like I've said, I've learned so much from my losses. Um, like never in a million years have my crossbowmen ever got seven hits, but you know they did. Um, I can't count on taking crossbow in the future to get seven hits, but, you know, at least uh, 
seeing how he played him next to the next to the pyromancers that was a nice little that was kind of a nice little setup actually um i kind of liked how they kind of support each other you know if you get if you if you want to threaten the crossbow with charges you're gonna get charged by the pyromancers you know if you want to if you want to move in to charge the pyromancers you're gonna get shot by you know the crossbowmen and maybe charged by the pyromancers so they kind of that was a kind of a, a really nice little solid battle line there um, having the guard captains with the pyromancers and the crossbowmen was excellent. I so wish, I wish, you know, the Starks had an answer for, uh, panic tests and stuff like that, but they, they really don't. Um, so I think the next Stark list I'll do, you know, sitting here talking about it, I think I'll bring, I'll bring both Bram, Braun, and Rob. I mean, Bran and Rob Stark, so I can bring Summer and Grey Wind. And um, I'll take advantage of the extra attacks that Summer gets through his or through uh, Bran's order. I think I will um, still take Outriders, but next time I'm going to heal them. I'm just going to know in the back of my head that that's going to be a prime target for, for, you know, Panic Test or the Bowman. Either one will be. Um, Bowman aren't so bad, though, because you got to... If you got a warden with them and you don't shift, even if you're down to like, even if you're down to like just your warden, like happened to me last night, I had a warden, I was throwing eight dice because I didn't shift, and I was re-rolling um, the misses because of the warden, uh, so that was kind of nice, having one guy left in the unit shooting eight, so I think, um, you know, outriders, hopefully just heal them, and then on my turns, block the crown, I guess something I want to do um, just depend on the situation great axes are amazing they were a lot of fun they they killed somebody every game they uh, you know they they're forced to be reckoned with I really liked having Brendan Tully in there with the plus two seemed like they're really good um, I tended to put them on a flank both games and I think they're better off towards the center where they can go either direction or where the enemy is um, so I like the Outriders I like the Great Axes um, wasn't wasn't superly overly impressed with Helen Reed I guess you're wanting to squeeze in three NCUs he's a good one because he's a free commander I mean I wasn't superly impressed with him per se um, it's even that minus one to hit. I mean, it seemed like my enemies last night were just hitting me left and right regardless. You know, they could have needed sixes and it was going to be one of those nights. Um, so, I don't know. I might try, like, Great John Umber. I like the idea, I'm thinking possibly, of sticking, you know, Rob Stark the attachment for the plus one movement into the Great Axes. I'm thinking of... Um, I'm going so far as thinking, you know, taking Brendan Tully as commander, the Outrider commander and taking like two units of, of Outriders so I can get, you know, one behind their flank in like round two or three. I think that would help out a lot too. I think that would go a long way to um, making it easier for, you know, my Berserkers to get on target and kill something. Because, I mean, this game is great when you kill something. If you can, If you can get first blood and you can be in a situation to threaten other units, that's where you want to be. On the other side of the table, if you've already lost a unit and you're nowhere near even melee range yet, that's not a fun place to be. Um, so, 
so I'm not sure. As you can tell, I really am not sure, right? You can sense that. Um, but yeah, so that was my games last night. They were a lot of fun, even though they ended up, you know, as losses. They were still a lot of fun, um, and they've intrigued me as far as the Starks go. Like I, I painted some Bowman, and I really like the way they turned out. So I'm kind of excited to paint up some Starks. I picked up a, a box of uh, Tully uh, Sworn Swords, and I picked up a box, another box of Great Axes. So I have two units now, and I also uh, picked up a Knights of Ca a third box of Knights of Castle Rock because I'm giving that away um, tomorrow actually on the Lannister Facebook page. Um, it's like a song of ice and fire the Lannister page. We just hit like I think 101 members today. So that's going to be a giveaway. We've got some other things planned to give away, you know, since we had 100 members as well. But that's kind of something I'm going to do. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've got two starter sets. I've got, you know, plenty of uh, plenty of stuff to build with. i got an extra box of Outriders. i got Bowman out the Lazoo. Um, because before I read the rules, before I played, I thought, you know, archers are going to be really good. Um I don't see a situation where I take more than one or two of them yet, but, you know, who knows? When we get to bigger points, start playing, like, 50 or 60 points, maybe, you know, we'll get to play more stuff. It'll be fun. Um, but, yeah, so we'll kind of end that ramble there. So that's that was my gaming experience last night. It was a lot of fun. It was, it was frustrating at times, but I came out of it, you know, learning a lot. Um, it's so... It's becoming more and more obvious to me the more that I play this game, and, and it's probably obvious... You guys are probably sitting out there going, "Duh, Brad," you know. What the hell you? Th what the hell is wrong with you? But it's coming more and more obvious. Like taking risks in this game, it's not always a great thing. Um, I think, I think playing more conservative, more cautious, as people get better at the game and everyone learns the rules, and you know, people experiment more armies. I think that's probably the way to go. Um, a lot of the initial adages you'd hear of, you know, Starks want to kill their opponent off quick or they're going to lose a game, you know, they're still partially true, but, um, you know, the Starks, when they hit, they hit awesome. They do damage. Um, it's just, it's just a matter of having enough of them left near the end of the game to do enough damage, you know, so, so that's kind of something I'm going to be working on. But anyway, so when we come back, we'll uh, talk about... I'll, you know what? When we come back, since I kind of talked about everything I wanted to talk about in this first segment, when we come back, I'm going to discuss with you um, an idea I have for a... Uh, I'll discuss an idea, a couple, a couple Stark lists that I'm kind of tweaking in my head and see what you guys think about those. Alright, so let's talk to you in a few. Alright, so um, as a treat for listening to me ramble in the first part of this episode, for 30 minutes on um, on two losses and kind of some of the thought process, honest thought processes that go through my head. I don't script anything, I just kind of ramble. So uh, I came up with, I drew up two Stark lists you know, today that I'm thinking about trying, they both go completely different directions. Um, I want to try out Michael Chanel's, you know, 
the list he has. It was listed on the updates, you know, when they were doing the Kickstarter. I remember him having one with a Brendan Tully-led list with like three units of Outriders, and it was 40 points. Um, I looked for it briefly, I didn't find it, but I'm going to go into into uh, extra double look mode and, and check that out, because I, def- I definitely want to play that list. I do. It's what I want to play. But anyway, so here's two Stark lists I'm kind of thinking about, you know, I'm thinking about in my head. Well, actually, you know, let's do three. So I've got... You know, a Roos Bolton-led Stark list. I've got a Great John-led Stark list. And i got an Ed- Eddard Stark Stark list. Um, so I'll start with Eddard Stark. Let's go backwards. Um, the reason I'm thinking of Eddard, Eddard Stark is just because of the fact that he has that ability to, to heal units. Um, he can do... He does a lot of kind of cool things. He kind of... His, his commander card would kind of fit with like an infantry battle line with units pretty close together. You know, he kind of supports them well. Um, we'll go over that one. Here, give me one second. Alright, so anyway, first off, it's going to be a 40-point list. It's House Stark. Commander is going to be Eddard Stark. So, I'm going to take a unit of Outriders. I'm going to try to remember they have Rapid Assault this time, because last night I forgot about the fact that, you know... You know, you take the horses, they can get a free charge. I totally forgot about Rapid Assaults. That's another mistake I made last night. Anyway, so Outriders, they don't take a unit of uh, Eddard's Honor Guard. You know, they have they have a better armor save. So they have a 3-plus versus a 4-plus. They still have a 6-plus on morale. But they're fearless, you know. Um, they don't suffer penalties to morale, and they never become panicked. So I think that's a really solid unit to have, like, right in my center or have somewhere... Where I need them on the battle line. And of course, you know, with Eddard Stark, he brings a lot of good stuff to the table. He has an order, you know, says for the north. So when this unit makes a melee attack, so when he's attacking, one friendly unit within long range may restore up to two wounds. So that can that can cure a lot of wounds. I mean, you can cure, you know, between the money bags and him attacking somebody, you could put five wounds back on, on a unit that maybe got nailed by, you know, one of those, you know, Cersei panic, you know, Panic attack things, um, panic test things. So that's that's the first two units. Um, third unit is a unit of House Tully Sworn Shields. You know those guys can block D3 hits. They've got an armor save of three, um, good morale save. And I was thinking about sticking um, Rob Stark the attachment in there with them, so it would give them a movement of five instead of four, and they could always pivot before they march. And plus, they would also get the they would also get rapid assault. Same thing as like the Outriders have. So, you know, if you take the horses, you could, um, they can make a free charge action, you know, instead of maneuver. And I think that would be fun. Um, plus I'd gain, gain the wolf. And then I would take, uh, Stark Bowman. Cause I, I love the Bowman. I really do. I think, you know, not having to worry about line of sight and that kind of stuff is really good for them. You know, I need to really deploy those guys behind a unit. Or deploy them, you know, in terrain or behind terrain or something, you know, like deploy them behind Palisades or deploy them behind stakes. I need to start, you know, taking advantage of, of you know, using all their abilities to the fullest. That's a lot of things. That's something else they need to see playing on. You know, the game's designed, you know, they they have no line of sight for a reason. They can, they, you know, nothing blocks their line of sight. And that's, that's put in the game for a reason. So I feel like I should be taking advantage of that. And that's... 
kind of kind of learning process with Starks, just learning that kind of stuff. But it's like a surprise twist, you know. I'm going to add um, Brandon Hodor to the Stark Bowman, um, and the reason I'm doing that is I want to add the second wolf just to help out against you know like the mountain that rides and those cavalry lists. I want to give my outriders some support. I was kind of in the back of my head toying with and have been trying to use berserkers, that kind of thing, but it's just, you know, berserkers are expensive. I just, I just have more important things for them to do, meaning like killing units than to, you know, be a supporting role for outriders. Um, but, you know, Brian, Brian has an order. When this unit or summer makes a melee attack, the defender suffers D3 additional hits. So, you know, say my boat would get charged and they're engaged. You know, having additional D3 automatic hits would help them. You know, Summer gets two attacks, but having D3 additional hits, I'm going to get five attacks, you know, off him. That'd be great. That that turns him into a real threat. Um, they also have the Hodor. Once per game, when this unit is successfully charged, the attacker automatically suffers a disorderly charge and rolls minus two attack dice. Brand's unit may no longer... Um, be targeted by I mean you still get the attacks with summer but you can't use the skin changing order the one I just read you know for the melee but hey with Bowman that'd be nice you know you, somebody wants to kill your Bowman you know they're sitting on an objective or something and it's late in the game make him disordered make him roll two less dice you know that seems like a fun thing so in conclusion the set of Stark list 40 points um, and my friendly lists are so boring like my list last night obviously pretty boring um, but this list is, is something I want to try next. So, Eddard Stark, Stark Outriders, the Honor Guard with Eddard Stark, Commander attached, um, Tully Sworn Shields with Rob Stark and Greywind, um, Stark Bowman, Brandon Hoder and Summer, and then my two NCUs, Caitlin Stark and Sansa Stark. Now, I would be tempted to also take Varys in lieu of Caitlin. You know, I could, I could definitely see that as something I would do. Um, you know, I could definitely see Varys, you know, having potential over Caitlyn. I was kind of wanting to keep it all Stark, just fluff-wise, but, you know, um, for competition, I would definitely consider taking Varys instead. So, you know, you, you end up with, um, one, two, three, you end up with six activations, including two wolves. You got four solid units, and you got two NCUs, so you got eight activation lists, 40 points. And you get a couple attachments in there with some with some fun stuff in there too. Next up is going to be my um, Roos Bolton. You know I have a Roos list I use for uh, the Lannisters, and, and he works so good with them. Like I really like that list. He had, like that list that I used with him. So um, Roos Bolton list. You know we've gone over Roos's cards before. We've gone over Roos. We've talked about Roos. Um, but anyway, so Roos Stark list. Um, Unit of Sworn Swords with Bronn and Hodor. And then you get Summer. A unit of Sworn Swords with a Sworn Sword Captain. A unit of Umbar um, Great Axes with Rob Stark. And, you know, Rob Stark, as we talked about, gives them that plus one movement. Going from a four to a five. You know, a little bit a little bit more of a of a threat that way. And they also get to charge if you land on a horse, you know, given a way to give the great axes a free charge and taking a wolf. Then a unit of Stark Outriders and a unit of Bolton Cutthroats, just because I really like what Cutthroats do, you know, the vicious, 
And because um, you know you're gonna put panic attack, panic tokens on people with with ruse, so you gotta you might as well have some way to you know make them pay a little extra for that sometimes. So Bolton Cutthroats, and then non-combat units are Roos, Bolton, and Lord Varus. I I really you're not gonna hear me ever really probably say a three NCU list. I hate playing against them. I think they're really really tough. I'm just really trying to stay away from that. Um, nothing against anybody that does it. I think they're Fantastic, but I'm just really, really trying to stay away from those. Um, so, in conclusion, 40-point House Stark list. You've got you got Sworn Swords, Summer, Sworn Swords, Great Axes, Rob Stark, Grey Wind, Stark Outriders, Bolton Cutthroats, led by Roose Bolton and Lord Varys. So, as you can tell, my Eddard list is more of like a grinding, methodical type list. Um, this one's kind of like... It's, I don't really know how to describe this one. This is just, this this one to me is just kind of like a, you know, get stuck in, cover the enemy with panic tokens, you know, just kind of give them a dose of their own medicine. Just something fun, something different. I like it. Um, I don't take, I don't take Bowman in this list, but, you know, because... This is a list I want to get up close and personal with them. I'm kind of counting on the Sworn Swords to put some damage on people in this list. I'm counting on the Cutthroats to cause added damage, you know, for Panic Tests. Um, I've got, again, two Wolves supporting the Outriders or doing their own thing, whichever, you know, keeping, you know, tying up the enemy, using them as chaff, tying them up, keeping the enemy engaged for a couple turns, keeping those Flayed Men. You know, with two Wolves, you can literally keep been off your back for like three or four turns and that effectively gets them out of the game you know when they're needed most so you got one enemy of Flaidman, one enemy Flaidman unit just you know tie them up with wolves spend those wolves to um, kind of take them out of the game a little bit and then lastly but not not least important by any means is the Great John list um, I saw the Great John list on Michael Chanel's podcast I've kind of taken it a different direction, not because I think it's better than Michael's, just because um, I haven't really listened to or read Michael's thoughts behind it before. So um, he takes some attachments. I'm really interested in seeing what he takes, actually. But uh, anyway, here's my great John list. It's kind of like a brainless go forward and just bash someone's head, and I think it would be fun in a friendly game. So it's great John Umber. It's got a unit of Sworn Swords with Great John Umber. It's got uh, two units of Great Axes and two units of Umber Berserkers. And then it takes Varus and Stanza. And Sansa, I mean, rather. So, you know, it's a little, little uh, seven activation one. But I think, you know, you've got two units of Umber uh, Berserkers that are really fast. you got two units of Great Axes that hit really hard. And you've got, you know the great John who hits hard, you know, and Sworn Swords. You got Varus to shut down, you know, some shenanigans. And you've got Sansa, you know, you got Varus to shut down, you know, healing if they want to heal with Amon. You're fighting nice. So you got Varus to shut down, you know, the negative two morale put on you. But I think, you know, if you've got a situation where you can have like great axes and berserkers, you know, double charge an enemy unit, that enemy's gonna be gone. They're gonna pick up. So um it'd be a learning experience. Like I don't know 
depending on the scenario, it might be hard to deal with like a lot of these cavalry heavy armies you're starting to see now. Like last night in the game next to me, a guy had like a unit of flayed men, two units of castle rock, and a mountain that rides or something. Just a, a lot of mounted, and and you're starting to see like a lot of Lannister lists take a minimum of two, you know, knights and the mountain that rides, or you know, like I do, at least one one knight. One year nights and one the mountain ride so cavalry is going to be something else. Um, at least with the knights, once they're engaged, they're not so bad. It's just the charge that initial charge they they give you could really hurt. Um, but it depends on the scenarios and stuff like that too. But anyway, those are my three lists that I kind of drew up and was kind of thinking about running on Monday night, maybe just picking them. I'm. I'm more intrigued, like the one I want to run the most is the Eddard Stark list, as I really like that. Want to see how that works out, and I want to take the the sworn the Tully sworn shields out, you know, for a run. Um, and the other list I really want to try is the is a Roos list, you know, with with Starks, like maybe put together a Roos list with flayed men in it and with Starks. You know, I don't know. I'm still looking, um, but I'm probably not going to run the Great John list. Anytime soon, because I really want to try a Stark list with both wolves. I just want to see how that works out. You know, um, see what effect, what effect that extra those chaff units will do for me. Um, plus, I've seen, I've watched games where like wolves are just tearing up in the end. Like the last couple rounds, they're just going around killing off the enemy. You know, by you know the enemy might have like one rank left. They go in, you know, cause a couple wounds. And then they're forcing a panic test. The enemy just falls away. And wolves being fast. And their base being smaller. You know, real maneuverable. I I like that too. I guess that's a good situation to be in. Very rarely have I been in a situation where I'm winning that bad. Usually, um, usually the wins I have are pretty close. I mean, they're definitely wins. Like, it's, it's not just, you know, I won by luck or anything like that. But um, when I win, it's usually... You know, my brain's hurting, and uh, it was a long day, but it was it was really worth it. It was fun. Um, seems like my loss is just really like um, turn three. I can tell this game is going badly, you know, and and it's all over. Uh, so I've got to try and um, get myself to a more. Uh, it's just weird, man. It's like a box of chocolates. I never know what's gonna happen. What I'm gonna pick out, you know, am I gonna get one of those delicious ones with caramel in it, or am I gonna get one of those nasty ones with cherry in it? Um, you yeah, know, that's that's what it seems like when I play friendlies. Um, and I have one friendlies, and, and um, usually the game hinges on usually when I'm winning, it's because I've held on to you know I'm winning because I've got a lead in a in objective in victory points to holding objectives, and then. Um, you know, the one or two units I kill are just like icing on the cake, and, and I win the game that way. I've never tabled an opponent. Um, I've never just gone out and destroyed someone in like three or four rounds. Usually my wins usually takes the whole game, and it's just from, you know, doing what Lannisters do best, getting on objectives, holding victory points. You know, it's kind of boring, but it's it's a it's a recipe for victory. And so anyway, those are the three star class. And... Uh, let me see. There's something else I want to talk about. I forgot about for now, but we'll be right back.
All right, so I apologize for today's episode kind of being all over the place. I'm going to blame it on sobriety because um, I'm doing this, you know, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon versus, you know, 11 o'clock at night. Um, but anyway, so I want to give you guys one last list today. This is a Lannister list. It's going to be totally different than anything we've talked about all day. Why not? And it's a Roose Bolton-led list. Um, it's quite a bit different than my previous Lannister list that I took with, with Roose Bolton in the command, but... You know, when you when you start losing a couple games, you kind of want to get revenge. You know, you start you start kind of there's a dark side of you that that thirsts for you just to go take some something that gives you a really good shot at winning. You know, damn strategy, damn tactics, damn player skill. You know, we want to win. You know, we want to win. So here here's kind of like a list I came up with. It's House Lannister, 40 points. It's got Gregor Clegane, the mountain that rides. It's got two units of flayed men. It's got one unit of Lannister guardsmen with a guard captain just to hold the objective while everybody else is killing everybody. And then, just so they don't feel lonely, it's got a House Clegane, mountains men, a unit with an assault veteran. And the NCUs are Roose Bolton, the commander, and Pycelle. So you got Pycelle, who's going to be weakening, weakening an opponent every turn. You've got um, Roos, who's either be using, you know, claiming zones on a tactics board, or he's gonna be dropping two panic tokens on the enemy. Um, and you know, due to the flayed men, you know, being able to spread fear and stuff, you might not be using those panic tokens all the time, but you want to definitely drop them on the enemy because a lot of Roos's personal cards rely, you know, you know, rely on being played against an enemy that's panicked. But anyway, so that's just, I'll leave it there. Um, you guys have a great day. Um, next episode, um, we'll do it tomorrow. We will, uh, it'll probably just be a quick one. Like, I'm going to talk in depth about my um, current Lannister tournament list and how I how I intend to play it in the three game modes that are going to be at the next tournament. So the next tournament's April 19th at Family Time Games in Indianapolis. It's hosted by Gary Luther, Indianapolis Wargaming Club leader, you know, our fair leader. Um, great guy, runs a hell of an event. He's he's organized, he's on time. Um, he puts on he puts on a better tournament, you know, than sometimes you'll travel and go to. You know, at some of these conventions. I mean, he's super organized. He's he has a fun way of giving prizes. You know, for different things throughout the throughout the event. He always has great prize support. But anyway, so that's going to be on April nineteenth at Family Time Games in Indianapolis. It's going to be three rounds. The they're going to be Clash of Kings, Feast of Crows, and I believe a Dance with Dragons are going to be the three scenarios played. And I would expect at least twenty people being there. At least. I mean, we had. Um, well, we have 14 last time, and a lot of the local guys couldn't make it, so I, I, I'm sure we could probably be pushing close to 20 at this event. So, if, you know, you're in Chicago, you're in St. Louis, you're in Columbus, Ohio, you're in, you know, Nashville, Tennessee, whatever. You might want to make the trip up, but just for a day. But it's it's really fun. And Family Time Game Store, which is our, you know, our basically our, our base base of operations, is an awesome store. Like they have, um, they've got. War, I know, um, they've got Warlord Games, uh, Gates of Antares, Bolt Action. They have 
Flames of Battlefronts, Flames of War in stock. They've got Games Workshop stuff in stock. They've got Manic, Manic Games, you know, Walking Dead All Out War in stock. They've got tons of A Song of Ice and Fire stuff in stock. They've got the full terrain box in stock. They've got various terrain kits. They've got um, pretty much a large a large amount of units in stock. Um, they've got a couple Hand of the King boxes in stock. They've got uh, dice, dice bags. Um, he he does a really great job. Shane, the owner, does a really great job of keeping everything in stock. So um, that's a shout out for that one. And anyway, so we'll talk to you tomorrow, and we will talk about uh, the great Lord Tywin of the you know fabulous house house of uh, Lannister, and how I plan on um, steamrolling all my opponents at the next tournament. You know how I plan on. Um, Destroying everybody and, and bringing uh, the spoils of war back to Castle Rock with a big smile on my face. So um, until tomorrow, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Um, and anyway, enjoy your life and we'll talk to you later. Bye.